Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dietrich Davis. I'm Mark Morell, a.k.a. Mark Knight. Just um, the no-dose. And, yeah, Mark has been do- dozing <laughs> off. But anyway, um, I work hard, man. I'm sorry. It's funny. In between the shows, you don't pass out. Well, I, I don't know. And I guess it's because I'm not flapping my gums. <laughs> so maybe if I flap my gums a little bit, maybe I'll uh, I'll, I'll stay up. But you know what? I'm going to strive, damn it. I'm going to strive. I'm staying up. Because we gotta continue on with we gotta continue on with the rest of the stuff right here. And what we're getting into this week is the best WWE Intercontinental Champions of the all top time. ten. The top ten. Uh WWE Intercontinental Champions of all time. Now, within the history of the Intercontinental Championship, you know, there's been a lot of guys that have held this title. And we said it before, what even within the transitional episode. Out of everybody, you gotta have your best. We gotta have the cream of the crop. We gotta have the ones that mean something. So when you see the Intercontinental Championship belt, you think of certain guys. You know, and off the record, before we get before we get started, can I ask you Mark's trying to charge himself up right now. You, it's when, not working. It sounds it. artificial. It's, it's artificial. It sounds, it sounds it's artificial. artificial. This is this is be natural. It sounds artificial. All right, fuck it. I remember the first time that I saw the Intercontinental title. Right. There's only one man. You know, that's a belt I never liked. It's crazy. Maybe. Okay. No, I'm talking about... I, for yourself. Was, yeah, because I... Me personally in my life, I never believed in second fiddle, and I always felt secondary belts was the second fiddle guy. Oh. So it, I'm not saying that's the rules. I'm just saying, for me, I never liked... I was always that kid, that person... Don't ever hand me no secondary to a win of any type. I need first place on everything. Okay. So I would I think I've always naturally been the person who says, let me let me go after the number one. Whatever it was. You know, well, if I, if it's a record to break, I want to break the record. Mm-hmm. If there's a way to approach it, this, that, and the other. I'm not knocking second place, but in my personal opinion, who the fuck in my personal opinion, who remembers the guy who came in Second place. Right. You but, get what I'm saying? But for me, it's like, and, and, I, and I can respect that, but you know, but I think for me. Tell me who won the gold medal in running in the Olympics. Which years are we talking about? This year, the last the last Olympic. Who won, Who not gold. Tell me who won the gold, uh, the silver. Fucking tell man. me who won the bronze. That's So that's called your Intercontinental and United States Championship. <laughs> I can't remember. But I, I, it, I, don't, I don't, listen, I, I don't even know that. But I'm just saying, for me, like when I first tuned into pro- to wrestling, mm-hmm. and I heard the name Intercontinental Championship, I was like, okay, that seems interesting. You know what I mean? Because I've never heard that before. I've heard World Title, but I've never heard Intercontinental Champion. Right, but you gotta remember the Intercontinental Championship was when were you born? Nineteen. Born in nineteen seventy four. The glory years. Right. So you started res- watching wrestling around what? I'd say about uh, eighty. So that belt was in your whole life. So that belt, uh, your awareness of wrestling has always been there. Right. Right. So, but when I saw it, it was like, okay, wow, this seems interesting. And it was only one man, Mm -hmm. one man that made me say, yo. Let me get you directly into the mic. I like that dude right there because he had that championship. Right. Who was that? He's my number one. Oh, okay. Can you readjust the pull it? No, pull it further. Pull it back further, because you're talking over it instead okay. of. I think what it is too is because I'm trying to sit up straight as oh, well. Oh, so just move the whole mic forward. 
Yeah, so that's well, what it is. I'm talking about from the base. Okay, yeah. So I think that's what it is. I'm sitting up and I'm trying to, you know, right, right. You try not to fall asleep. I got. Right. We just going to acknowledge it, but make sure you turn Comf- that shit up a little towards yourself so I can get that. I'm sorry, people. We are Comf- uh, comfortable ass couch. That's why I bought them. <laughs> I buy everything for you. Get me? So I buy I, everything for my comfort. If I fucking snooze, don't be mad. Yeah, you know. Why? No, I need you to stay up because yeah. during, in between the shows, this motherfucker's awake, and then when we start doing the shows, he fall asleep. Right. So I'm trying to I'm trying to fight it, man. Yeah, I don't want people to think we're insulting the business. Yeah, we, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Of, but of wrestling. But like I said, for me, the you know, the number one guy on my list is the reason why I fucking love this belt. Mm-hmm. You know. So we're gonna get down and start off with the my top ten best intercontinental champions. It's not working. It's not. <laughs> it's not working. But go with your top ten. Let's go with your top ten. Let's start with number ten. The magnificent Don Morocco. Okay. The reason why I chose that dude is because one, the feud with him and Jimmy Snooker. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. When I see, I would go back and watch archives, and I would see this this buildup and feud. He's on Rogers Corner. They're talking about the Intercontinental Championship. He was the top, one of the top heels in the promotion, managed by Captain Lou Albano. Uh he's in he's in this interview with Buddy Ro- Buddy Rogers, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of this interview. He's talking about how he put the belt into contention. He put the belt to be the number one title after Bob Backlund and so and so and so and so. Then Jimmy Snooker comes out for this match and then for his own match. And he felt like, well, Snooker's invading my time. So I'm going to get up there and I'm going to set him straight. From there, he spits at Snooker while Snooker's getting ready. That He's taking off his robe. And then as he's turning around and he's jaw jacking with the fans, Snooker hits him with a... Um, plancha over the top rope onto the outside. That was the first time I saw a plancha onto the floor like that um, from a wrestler. And I thought to me, just by seeing Morocco just take the beats for that, just meant something to me when I um, when I saw that for the first time. Alright, and who's your number nine? My number nine would be the guy that he took the title from. Oh, and just for the record, I really don't like Don Morocco. I always thought he was a horrible wrestler. But keep going. Um... Vern Gagne trained him, but that goes without saying. Oh, um, Vern Gagne was I, a horrible wrestler. <laughs> he was also a fucking idiot for a businessman too, but that goes without saying. Yeah. Number 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 nine, Pedro Morales. Pedro Morales, of course, winning the Intercontinental Championship, making him the first official Grand Slam winner in the WWE at that time. Mm-hmm. Um. He was the U.S. champion. He was the international tag team champion, him and Bruno. And uh, he was the world heavyweight champion. But then afterwards, what other way that you can do something with him? They put him. They put the intercontinental strap on him. So Pedro Morales is my number nine. All right. And coming in at number eight. Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, his intercontinental title run was just right there at the beginning of his career, just being skyrocketed in 1997. Uh, everything that he did as Intercontinental Champion was fucking great. I, I just love Steve Austin on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was fantastic. And even when he got injured with the pile driver um, by Owen Hart, it still made the belt worth the while. They did classic um, Mid-South angles with the title, 
between him and The Rock, and that also elevated The Rock towards that that stratosphere as well. All right. Um, coming in at number, and just so you guys, I don't have Steve Austin on any of my lists. Okay. Let me say that. Um, I think his world, his IC title rings were not as great. I think he was greater than the IC t- championship. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal opinion. I think he was one of those guys who was starting to transcend, transcend, and that's when I come to the fury of thought, fuck you doing with that second belt where you need to be the world champion. So that's just my personal opinion about uh, secondary and first place people. All right. But, um, and at the time, who was the champion when Steve Austin was into contest? Brett and Sean. You had Brett and Sean. They were um and and, and Taker, I consider they, Brett they were, one of the worst world champions, and I consider Sean one of the worst. So just to show you my train of thought that maybe I felt that guy should have been the champion. Right. But you know he broke his neck, and we didn't know where his career was going. Exactly. But coming in at number eight, who do you? Uh, that was number eight, Steve Austin, correct? Right. Number Who's number seven? The Rock. Okay. And that was in his second run. As Intercontinental Champion. Well, when we when we remember what we said when we was doing the world titles, mm-hmm. when we picked them, we're picking them for all their reigns. Right. So the reason why I say this one and this particular one, this was after he comes back from the injury. He joins the nation. He has a lot of heat. He's like the number one heat seeker inside mm-hmm. WWE at this moment. Right. And at that time, uh, he was just on fire. The mm-hmm. crowds hated The Rock. The crowd just wanted to see The Rock stoned and trampled to death. But The Rock was coming into his own, you know, dressing flashy. Right. And it was smart you know. enough for him well, him and the marketing team to say, hey, uh, the Hill shit is working. Yeah. Something they should do with Roman. Exactly. Um, but Yeah, but so The the Rock at number seven. What about, who's at number six for you? Uh, Owen Hart. The, reason the forgotten why, about the, champion. The reason why Owen Hart um, is my number six Basically, it's his feud with Austin. Yeah. There yeah. was the feud with Austin over the title. Also, you know, the the unfortunate uh, accident of him pile-driving Austin at SummerSlam and fracturing his neck. I say he was inspired by R. Kelly. You know? but um, That was fucked up, right? Believe he could fly? Damn, or did Vince bro. believe he could fly? I don't fucking know. Oh, well. But keep going. I'm about to get all sympathetic about Owen Hart, but you know what? Cause I ain't shit, and I'll be. The, you know who I applaud? The fan who brought Brett a Owen Hart picture, and he couldn't sign it, and got pissed off, and wouldn't sign it. <laughs> I never knew about that. Yeah, the, the fan brought Brett a Owen Hart picture, being genuine, and Brett got pissed off at the fan and refused to sign it. Wow. I, it, it, wow. It'd have been better if it was a blue blazer picture that he could have got upset. But I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I'm not making fun of the man's death. I'm just yeah. making fun of oh, Brett's oh, ego. Owen Hart will definitely be missed. Um, but I thought he was a great Intercontinental champion. All right, so who's your number five? Shelton Benjamin. Hmm. Shelton Benjamin just also happens to be my the only brother on this list outside of Don Morocco and well, The ain't Rock. ain't that many niggas been on that Intercontinental title to begin with. So. Well, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, not only that, Shelton Benjamin did something that a lot of these guys didn't do or bring to the table as the Intercontinental champion. He could fucking work. Shelton Benjamin That I'll work. give you. That you know what I mean? Want, that I will 100% give you. His match with Shawn Michaels on Monday Night Raw it's stands one, out to me. probably one of the greatest Monday Night Raw matches yeah. between Triple H and 
and Shelton. Between and, Triple H and Shawn for the world, the world heavyweight championship and Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And not because of the finish, because of the pacing. Yes. That could have been a WrestleMania match. It sure as hell could have been. And it, and it drew. It drew some numbers on that match. You know what I mean? Uh, so Shelton Benjamin is my number five. And who's coming in at number four? The greatest of all time, the honky tonk man. Okay. Okay. I ain't got to say no more. I'm not touching this. I'm saying it just as is. Anyone repute me about Honky Tonk Man not being the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time can suck my dick. I don't like Honky Tonk Man's champion. S- suck my dick. Yeah. If we was in the street, we would have fought over that that term. Yeah, I know, but suck my dick. Yeah, I'm going to beat that out because <laughs> I'm not going to let people think that you can tell me to suck your <laughs> nah, dick. Nah, I'm only joking. Nah, I'm going to beep it out still. Right, but um, still, I, I personally think that um, the Honky Tonk Man... Had a great run as the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, fourteen, uh, like he surpassed. Um, he 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 had a nice little run. I think it was like 14, 16 months as Intercontinental Champion. Um, couple hundred days. Yeah, he he did pretty good. And the fact that he was able to, um, hold on to the title. And there's a story about this. Can I get into that story? Um, yeah, we got time. Why not? Okay. Prior to um, WrestleMania. With uh, Macho Man's babyface turn, they're feuding over the title. Dick Ebersole, Savage, Liz, Vince, they're mm-hmm. all going over like various finishes and stuff like that for um, the Saturday Night's main event. The infamous Saturday Night's main event episode where Liz um, got shoved down to the canvas and Macho Man got hit upside the head with the, um, with the guitar by Honky Tonk Man. They made all these plans for what Randy and what Liz and all these guys are going to do to go to the next level. Honky Tonk Man felt like he was like like shit on a, on a stick out in the street. By, by what Vince wasn't respecting him as champion or something? Right. They felt like there was nothing for him to do. So they was like, okay, we're going to do this or whatever. So Honky made a call to um, a uh, booker down in uh, uh, World Championship Wrestling, National Wrestling Alliance. And he... And he was talking about what was going on. And he said, listen, man, you're about to be on national television. You're going to have this big, big match. Everyone's going to look at you. What the hell are you dropping a belt for? If you drop Wait, the they t- told that to Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. So he was like, listen, if you drop the belt on television, your stock is going to be done. But isn't the goal is to move the title over to the next person? Because obviously he wasn't going to be in the world title picture ever. What was going to happen? Right. But what was going to happen was he had to talk with Vince. He told Vince what he what, what was going to go on. Mm-hmm. Him and Vince virtually argued about it. And he basically told Vince, like, listen, well, allegedly. He allegedly told Vince, you want this belt, you're going to have to either beat me for it or come down to Memphis and take it. I think Vince would have flew down to Memphis to go get his belt. So Vince kind of powdered. No, I wouldn't say Vince allegedly powdered out. I would say they came to a conclusion. Honky Tonk Man retained the title. Via DQ, was he a draw as title champion? Yes, he was a draw. Honky Tonk Man was did, a draw. You think as he sold tickets across the country? Yes, he did. I will see. That's my issue with Honky Tonk Man. I think because WWE's in their gimmick phase and also in the Hogan phase, I don't think people actually bought a ticket to see the Honky Tonk Man while Hogan was standing there. He was on top, man. When it came down to running those um those B shows, Honky Tonk Man was on top. And even if he wasn't running the B, even if he wasn't on the B shows. And he was on a if he was on the A show with Hogan, mm-hmm. he closed out the A shows. So he did sell right, tickets. but so does Roman close close out the A shows. 
Why you put me on the spot, man? I'm just saying, Roman closes out A shows. Matter of fact, Roman closes out all shows. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, he got me Roman, there. He got Roman me there. closes out all he, shows. He so, out, he, yeah, but, but, you know, whereas, I'll say this, right? You won't have to worry about going to get popcorn during a Honky Tonk Man match. But now the question is, if we find footage of that happening, now what? You're not going to find it. <laughs> see, the problem is, I'll find it. I'll find you'll it. Find no questions would. asked. And I'm like, like, yo, did you see that person go? Like, a hundred of them. But no, but who's your number three? Uh, I got a tie. Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper. We got we got to slow down with these ties. That's not a defining one. So who would you pick out of those two? Piper. Okay. Why Piper? Well, because at the time, as a WWE fan, mm-hmm. nobody saw Roddy Piper as champion. Nobody would ever imagine Piper winning a title. Piper was so good, he didn't need the championship belt. So you know it's funny? I took him off of my transitional list. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, because he was a transitional champion. Mm-hmm. He didn't have it for that long. No. He had it to get it to Brett. Yeah, and it was only like what? About 60 days. Yeah, like two, three, months. About three six, months. Yeah, maybe three months. They, the, the belt was only put on him to get it to him. Mm-hmm. I almost put him in my worst list because he didn't need the championship, and I felt that that belt hindered him and that he should always and have forever been in the world title picture. Mm-hmm. That's just I mean, my personal I mean, opinion. And, and Piper, Piper was a draw during that time. No, Piper, Piper was, was a draw. Piper was a draw everywhere that he went. You know, and ironically, although the way that I had it set, mm-hmm. I think prior to that time, the last belt that Piper held was the NWA United States title. That was the last mm, championship belt okay. that he held. Um, who's your number two? Number two, Ravish and Rick Rude. Okay. Now, I could have said Bret Hart. I could have said Ricky Steamboat, but I'm going with Rick Rude on this one. Because number one, it was who he beat for the title mm-hmm. and where he was. Isn't it funny what we were talking about? Yeah. It's who you beat for the champion will determine how you are perceived mm-hmm. as champion. That's why Seth Rollins' reign probably was so good at WrestleMania. He beat Roman, but not Brock. Right. Whereas in this particular case with Rick Rude, he beat the Ultimate Warrior for the title at WrestleMania five, mm-hmm. And he had a great run all the way up until... Nine, uh, 89 SummerSlam uh, when he won the belt back when he dropped the title to um, the Ultimate Warrior back you know in 1990 but Rude was the man fuck bro listen I'd be the man too I'm airbrushing the belt on my tights mm-hmm. and I'm airbrushing your girl on, but, on, on the back but of my, you know on the back of my tights work, and all this other shit the nigga can go yes and at the end of the day when he started wrestling, you forgot about the tights and the gimmick. Right. He, he was a believable wrestler, and yes. that's what makes him different. And who's your number one? Randy Macho Man Savage. Okay. Uh, as a kid, watching wrestling for the first time in my life, it was Randy Savage that caught my attention. Um, I've said this offline to you. I've said this before mm. numerous times. I tell it to everybody. Macho Man, wrestling classic, uh... Losing to Junkyard Dog in the uh, Wrestling Classic Tournament. Mm-hmm. 
but it was the fact that Macho Man was the Intercontinental Champion. That was the first time I heard the word Intercontinental Champion. That was the first time I saw that belt. I fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is the in-all, be-all. And that belt launched him to the World's Heavyweight Championship as title. As it's supposed to do. That is what, as it's supposed to do and exactly what it doesn't do right now. Right. Um, who's your three honorable mentions? My three honorable mentions. Number one, uh, Bret Hart. Okay. Um, Bret Hart's um, run as champion was uh, was a feel good moment for me uh, for SummerSlam 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other uh, honorable mention as Intercontinental Champion, I'm going to go on the record to say Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Okay. And um, last but certainly not least, uh, and this one is kind of dear to me because I like that he was the Intercontinental Champion. Um, this one's gonna. Oh, be you didn't special. write this one down, did no, you? No, I'm, I'm I'm winging this one off the off the head. Uh, I would say, honestly, Shawn Michaels. Okay. And this um his final his final run as Intercontinental Champion, I lo- I, I appreciated it. Now. Let me hit people with my top 10. My list is based off of many different things. But number one, Rob Van Dam. Always reliable as champion. Always there. They never put the title on him to get it to no one. He was the champion. Right. So I'm going to definitely go with Rob Van Dam. It's nothing bigger than that. Um, he was never labeled as transitional. When he got that belt, it was that's the person he was going with. He came with a core fan base. Mm-hmm. He was a great mid-tier champion in ECW. Um, and I think that primed him to be a great mid-tier champion in other companies as well. But for right. me, Rob Van Dam is number 10. Number nine, even though I don't want to give him a spot on this list, is Bret Hart. I felt Bret Hart, was. this was the beginning of creating the monster and creating a horrible world transitional champion. Okay. But Bret Hart, Always delivered, and he definitely became the carpenter that he is. And for people who don't know what carpenter is, that's another term for workhorse in this business right. and match designer. But he was always the carpenter and the workhorse, and he's undeniable as Intercontinental Champion. And I don't think they ever transitioned the belt. I think it was always going to be him. And prime example, Rowdy, uh, Rowdy Piper held the belt so they can get it to Brett because that's how strong Brett was. Right. And also, he's the only person who got that pin on... Kurt Henning. No, the pin on... um Piper. Piper. Yeah. So that was very imperfect. Perfect. And also, the match between him and Mr. Perfect mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. Was it SummerSlam? Yeah, it was SummerSlam 1990. Right. So now... 91, excuse me. Going into number eight, it would be Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect is someone they always went with as yeah, champion. Yeah. They never played with Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. They never denied Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect was that motherfucker yep. who he knew it. He was awesome, bro. I he was awesome. Kurt, right? Kurt Hang was good. You know what? Uh, what I, you know what I liked about Kurt? And he never had a bad match. You can't find one bad never, match. Never, never. You know, not. And he, he popped the Royal Rumble when he showed up, and you yeah. and you thought they were going to prime him for world title. Man, they should have. You know, because being a former world champion, second generation. Maybe that's the list we should do: top ten who should have been world champion. Yeah, you know, and that's that's going to be pretty huge on both ends. Right, because there's a lot of men. I'm just writing that down as should have been. Right. 
being world champion. That's something we got to really put our feet into. You know what I'm saying? Really yeah. put into. That's a good. All right, let's save that for next week. Okay. All right. Um, but Mr. Perfect, hands down, um, he could be at any number in the list, and no one would argue. Right. Um, my number four, my number seven is gonna sound like I'm contradicting myself from the episode from the other day. Okay. It's Chris Jericho. Though he is the greatest transitional champion, doesn't mean he was not the greatest intercontinental champion. Well, he holds the record right about now with nine uh, wins in WWE. Nine wins as the um, champ as the intercontinental champion. So, with that being said, you don't get to nine times unless the company trusts you. And no fan was ever upset with Jericho being this. So I right. want people to know just because he was on my transitional list from the other day. Doesn't mean that he was a lousy Doesn't mean he champion. was a lousy transitional champion. Roddy Piper wasn't a lousy transitional champion. I just thought he was always bigger than the title. Right. Um, coming in at number five is Rick Rude. Okay. Rick Rude was always believable. Mm-hmm. He had a great presentation, yes. great entrance. Yeah. You yeah. never questioned him ever being a wrestler. And let me tell you something. When he was in DX, they could have put the Intercontinental title on him in a suit and we would have believed look, it. He looked good, man. He could have won, won the title wearing a fucking suit and he would have looked good with the Intercontinental title. And if I was going to go back in time and rebook one moment, it would be Sean with the world, Hunter with What's the you IC. You mean Hunter with the European? Oh, yes. Hunter with the European. Rude with the Intercontinental. And Rude with the Intercontinental. That would have been fucking. That would have been a great yeah. image to see when they came out and they let China hold all three belts. That in would hands. be slick, that, you know. And that I, was just me. If I can go back and rebook another thing too, touching up on Rude, Rude as Intercontinental Champion was all gunfire and go. He wasn't about bullshit, and initially that's why he left WWE because he wasn't about the bullshit. Right. Bullshit. Hogan was fearful of him because of the way that he put the beats on the Ultimate Warrior. And that story is legendary. So Hogan was Hogan only wrestled Rick Rude maybe ten times. Rick and also Hogan didn't like being in the ring with people who, who can outperform him. And Rick Rude out, would outperform him. Just like uh Jake the Snake Roberts outperformed yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So let's go with Matt. So with number Five. You're five, right. Goldust. They never not Whoa, went with Goldust. Yeah, man. Yeah. I forgot about Goldust. Goldust is a him and Rowdy Piper again having a phenomenal. Was that over the IC championship? Uh, no, no, that was a non title match a non- the, um, at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 12. 12, right. And yeah. for me, Goldust has always been that dude. When he got the title, immediately it meant yes. something. Yes. When he lost the title, it meant something. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely in my top ten list, and he's right. coming in at number five. Number right. seven, I mean number four, Razor Ramon. Sky Hall. Okay. The reason why I say Razor Ramon was the company went with him, and Vince would have forever kept him as IC champion if he didn't leave the company. Right. And they believed in him. He was always able to deliver a match, and he was the guy who made the belt look like it was a piece of a gold that he uh-huh. owned personally. So Razor Ramon stands the test of time as one of the greatest intercontinental champions to ever walk the earth. And it was so bad, WWE had to try to replace him. uh, And it didn't even work. And they've tried this Razor Ramon gimmick in many different ways, but Razor is still... And Razor has inspired more people to become wrestlers than anybody on this list. That's true. On the low. And he has a great mind for the business. Yes. 
and it's just that and the other. I'm going to put this now. My number three is unique because he's considered one of my worst heavyweight world champions, and that's Ultimate Warrior. Okay. They went with Ultimate Warrior. I, make sure you're more in the, the mic. Yeah. They, they went with Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior drew SIC champion. Yes, he did. He sold merchandise. Yes. He sold toys. Yes. Got TV shows running. Yep. Ultimate Warrior was a trifecta. His only problem was his attitude. Yeah. And I think that's what hurt him, and I don't think he continued learning as champion. No. I know he's dead now. I um, I don't know him to respect him, but I don't know him to respect him. But from my perspective, to disrespect him, I mean, but from my perspective, Ultimate Warrior is that dude that people bought tickets for and they drew for and they this, that, and the other. Oh, absolutely. Number two will be Randy Savage. For all the reasons you said, Randy Savage is a great champion. He he was the definition of workhorse. He was very meticulous with yep. his matches. Mm-hmm. He wrote out all his matches. He might have wanted to go home too quick when he was with Hogan, but Hogan made him work a little bit harder yeah. because, you know, that show determines the rest of the year at that time. Right. Um, but Randy Savage is just that dude who he ain't on nobody's worst list. He's just that, he's just that dude. Um and coming in at number one would be Shawn Michaels. I think he's one of the worst WWE champions of all time. But as Intercontinental Champion? He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he ran that roller coaster, and that allows him to go into the WWE Championship. Right. Um, honorable mentions, I'm going to say Chris Benoit. Okay. Even though he choked out some people. Why do you say, why do you say him? Because they went with him. And he was believable as champion, and he put up some of the best matches of the Ruthless Aggression era right. as um, Intercontinental Champion. Unfortunately, I know you may not like it, but The Miz is on that list. And The Miz, when they put that belt on him, it's protected and is there for safe haven. Right. So, least, the, so uh, The Miz is always someone, he's he's so reliable, as we talked about on another show. He's he's always there. He shows up and he mm-hmm. does what needs to be done. He works. He legitly works. And you got to respect that about The Miz. Yep. Um, and my last honorable mention, you know what? Fuck it. Ain't no, I'll give it to Steve Austin a little bit. Okay. Um, even though he's not on my list, Steve Austin... They was going with him, and that injury was unfortunate. And I think he would be labeled as one of the greatest if he never got his neck broken. Right. Without question. Okay. So that's one of the things. So that's it. So ladies and gentlemen, that's episode 18 for you. That's our top 10 greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Word. Later on, before the week closes out, like around Friday, we'll give you our top 10 worst intercontinental oh, champions. Oh, man. We about to tear into these. Yeah, because that worst list tear. is disrespectful. You're going to feel like I violated. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like I just pulled my dick out and pissed all over the place and asked you to feed me more. Um, <laughs> this is me literally walking to the ring, shitting in the middle of the ring, and walking away when I come out with this top 10 transitional list. And the FCC for, and the WWE forgot to get the blur sign up. Mm-hmm. So it's for all the world to see. Um, this list is coming up. Uh, later on in the week right on we thank you guys make sure you download the past episodes of wrestlers with experience we're going to try to get you guys four to five episodes a week yeah um we work on this all week long we write about this all week long we talk about this all week long Mm -hmm. we want you to join the conversation yeah man. Um, we're going to get the videos up on youtube so you can start watching them and, and joining the experience 
and like we said too, if you have a list on send who you think list. is the worst Intercontinental Champion, please right. send let's, us the list. Let's do that so we can compare notes. And 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 what we'll do is we'll take your list. Um, we'll give you a shout out. I don't do shout outs. Fuck your shout outs. We'll acknowledge you on the show, <laughs> and we will compare your list to our list. And we would love you to give us a breakdown in notes, or even if you feel. This person is number one. Even you don't have to do a whole list, but do but a little bit. Just say it. Just just say it. You know. What Join I mean? the conversation, and if enough people weigh in, we put all the numbers together. We'll tell you what the people said is the top ten list. Right on. So long story short, I'm Dietrich Davis, and I am Mark Morell. And I want you guys to remember to download us on iTunes and Google Play. You will get basically daily to buy. Uh, I guess buy daily. Sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself when you listen to these things, right. man. Use us to get you through the day at work Word. when you when they don't let you go on YouTube, when they don't let you do anything else, and they blocked you on the computer systems. Uh-huh. Our job is to get you through the day and, and keep the it. love for wrestling going. That's so we right. thank you guys so much. Have a good one, guys.